What's up, Chicago Bears fans? It is your host, Asa Lewis Jr., host of the Barely Sane Chicago Bears podcast. We are starting uh, fresh from scratch this year. You know, I deleted all the past episodes and all that stuff, and I really wanted to, you know, dive in headfirst this year and really, you know, really commit to it. You know, do the off-season stuff, do the um, the draft the free agent signings, training camp, hear all the stuff I'm hearing and really want to do because I because I enjoy it, right? And I'm have these talks anyway, so I might as well, you know, load it up for the podcast. So we're gonna dive in today. Um, I've been waiting to do the first one this year until we heard something in the quarterback news. And um, obviously I I hoped it would be something way cooler than what we're about to talk about. But, you know, as I'll talk about, you you can't you can only get who's out there, right? You can try and try and try, but you can only get who's available. But the 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 first thing I want to talk about is 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 this the worst team to be a fan of right now? Like, and I say this because I'm, obviously I'm not I'm never going to switch allegiances. The Bears are my favorite team, but I mean, it's we're in the we're in the discussion, right? So let's exclude all the playoff teams besides us and um, the Washington football team because everybody else had winning records and were way more competitive. Um, I mean, the seventh seed in the AFC was the 11-5 and Colts, right? And we were the seventh seed as, eight, as an 8-8 eight eight teams, right? So clearly the playoff teams besides us and the Washington football team who had a losing record, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll exclude everybody else. Jacksonville, uh, the Jets the Dolphins, the Bengals, the Chargers, Carolina, Denver, Arizona, they either all have a quarterback or um, they're in position to draft one, right? So we're going to exclude them because at least they have hope on the horizon. So that leaves us, Atlanta, Detroit, the Giants, the 49ers, the Vikings, the Patriots, the Raiders, and the football team, right? So San Francisco has quarterback issues, but they are, um, the rest of the roster is pretty damn good and Shanahan's a great coach, so we're going to leave them alone, right? So they're out. Uh, the Patriots, they had two decades with Tom Brady. I don't want to hear anything about one season without it. They're, they're not included in this. So that leaves Atlanta, Detroit, the Giants, Minnesota, Las Vegas, and the Washington football team in there with us as to who has it the worst right now. Atlanta fans have it bad because they're Atlanta fans, right? The history of Atlanta being a cursed city as far as sports franchises go. You got the 28-3. and three, uh, You have all my Braves teams, um, which, okay, we're going to stop talking about that so I don't get even more frustrated. Uh, Las Vegas has Derek Carr, who, you know, he had shown his, his, his glimpses of being great. Uh, he was having that MVP-type season before he got hurt. Um, but he hasn't that same guy. They gave Gruden... Over $100 million, or $100 million to change the franchise, which he has, but not for the better. Uh, but they do have a dope stadium, right? That stadium in Las Vegas is amazing. I'll definitely find my way out there at some point. Then you got the Washington football team who made the playoffs, right? Their defense is pretty good. You got Chase Young uh, to build around. Uh, Terry McLaurin on the offensive side. So they've got some things. But but you're excited about your quarterback, Tyler Heineke, or I think it's Heineke. I don't want to say his name wrong, so I should probably should look that up. But he, he was an XFL guy, right? And people are excited about him because he played okay in a playoff game being thrown in there, right? That's, that's a pretty low bar. Dan Snyder still owns the team. And the, oh, and they, and they don't have a name. They're still the Washington football team. This is year number two, right? 
Detroit, Minnesota playing paying big money for Kirk Cousins and Jerry Goff um, in the same division as Aaron Rodgers plays in. So, I mean, Minnesota's got Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, Dalvin Cook, but then they still have Kirk Cousins, right? So that kind of mitigates all the excitement that they might have there. And Detroit traded Stafford for Jared Goff. Gross, right? I, I know Stafford wasn't the – he doesn't have the, the, the biggest um, – backing as far as success goes but you know he took Detroit to a couple of playoff games he, he's he's never been the issue there right so they traded him to get Jared Goff they got a future couple future first which is nice but then again you know if you watch Dan Campbell's press conference we're talking about biting off kneecaps I, I'm good on that too right Giants got Saquon they're competitive but who really knows what they got going on Daniel Jones is, is up and down and and so who knows what they got going on so again I, I, I don't want to declare a winner or I guess a loser, because who really knows what what the answer is? Um, and I and I really don't want it to be to be the Bears. But there's just there's very few teams that have it worse than the Bears right now. And the worst part about it is that we're having these questions, and we haven't had a losing season. Right? Was it twelve and four, eight and eight, eight and eight? And still, somehow, it feels so gross. And will it will it change? Is there is there any hope on the horizon? Right. Twelve and four, eight and eight, eight and eight. Two playoffs, three three seasons. If you had asked me to sign up for that when Matt Nagy first got the job, of course I would have. Um, but with context now, there's no way that you can be excited about it. So, and again, I've been Matt Nagy's biggest defender. Right. Might as well call me Asa Lewis Nagy, the junior. I just I love the dude. I love the culture that they have. <clears throat> Aside from from Javon Wims and, and Anthony Miller punching people, the culture seems to be great, right? That's a big aside, but they play hard. They like the guy. Nobody. It doesn't like they quit, at least in my opinion. So I'm still Matt Nagy's biggest fan. I, I don't think that, and I, I hate the idea of giving up a guy so fast. You know, it's people want to have. You know, you look at like Andy Reid, who's done his things, and Andy Reid didn't have the. He always got Kansas City to the playoffs and, and struggled, and they lost in some some really weird ways and to teams they should have beaten. And it'd have been easy to say, "Hey, you know what? We need somebody to take that next step." Well, they kept Reid. They drafted the one of the best quarterbacks probably who's who's ever thrown a football as far as physically gifted, right? But it'd been easy to say, "Hey, this isn't. We're not doing what we need to do. Let's go find somebody to take that next step, right?" And so there has to be some kind of continuity as an organization. I just I don't know when the 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 time is to make that change, right? So like again, if you had said would you have taken two out of three playoff years when Matt Nagy first got the job, everybody who's listening to this would have said yes. But again, context matters. We definitely take steps back. How do we get it fixed? The biggest thing is get the quarterback right. So let's talk about what we got with the quarterback situation. All right, this. This is the only time I'm going to talk about it. Mitch was never coming back. So, obviously, if you've ever listened to me talk about this, I am a Mitch fan. Um, obviously, he didn't get the job done. He has plenty of flaws. Um, I don't think we helped him, but there's no need to talk about it anymore because he was never an option to come back, right? So, I hope he goes somewhere, balls out, takes care of business, whatever it is. But that's that's the end of you're going to hear, hear me talking about Mitch as far as being a Bears quarterback, right? So, we go into the offseason. Foles, um, for lack of a better word, is the only one who's still on the roster, right? 
So he's either going to be a backup or he's going to mentor a rookie, right? Those were pretty much the only options, right? Or at least I thought, right? We'll talk about what actually happened here in just a little bit. But So let's go kind of go in order of how the offseason excitement and then lack of excitement went. So if you look at it, Deshaun Watson, right? Everybody's excited. He comes out, talks about how he wants to trade, right? He doesn't want to play in Houston. Um, and of course, everybody talks about the Bears, the Bears, the Bears. Um, Watson, he wanted, you know, he the whole story with him, he wanted more say in the offense and in the personnel in Houston. And they basically told him yes and then ignored all of his suggestions or basically left, left it alone. It was really weird. Um, if, you're, if you're a sports nerd and you kind of want to read about it, there's an awesome sports illustrated article written about uh, Jack Easterby, who is basically, he went from a team chaplain to basically running the front office, the executive vice president of football. Like, and it's so weird. Like I'm telling you to read it because it's weird. And then you're going to read it and and you're like, wow, that's even more weird than I thought. Right. So look up, you can Google Jack Easterby um, on an SI or sports illustrated on Google and it'll pop up. Um, It's a, it's a good read, but it's just so weird how this guy is literally basically got in as a friend of the owner because they're both religious and used that and kind of finagled his way up to running the Houston Texans. Basically it's insane. So go read it. Um, and once you read it, like, okay, I get why Watson wanted to leave. Like, there's plenty of reasons, you know, the the Hopkins trade lead among them. But there's plenty of other reasons, right? But I said this from the jump, and I have text to prove it to my brother, to my boy Matt, um, to Eric, to Cody, to, to any number of guys. There was no way Deshaun Watson was ever going to the Bears. I never got excited about it. There's no chance. Like, unless Deshaun Watson told the Texans, look, I will only go to Chicago or I will sit out an entire year. I won't play for anybody else. I won't do anything else. There's no way. We don't have like a team like the Jets who has two first-round picks. One is one is number two. A team like Miami who has two first-round picks. One is number three, and they have Tua, right? So you have these teams who have way more ammunition than we have. You have teams who live in uh, – who. Uh, are in better weather, no state tax, uh, easier divisions, whatever it might be, right? There was no reason, unless he really loves, like, Giordano's pizza or Portillo's or something that you can only get in, like, in the Midwest. There's no reason he was ever going to go to Chicago. We just didn't have enough, right? So I was never on board with that. Then we got to Russell Wilson. And so for the first part of it, I... Never thought that there was a chance we would get Russell Wilson. None, right? Even when he put us on his list, it's like, okay, he's going to Chicago. You know, Pete Carroll wouldn't want to rebuild. There's no way, right? We can't give him anything back quarterback-wise. Pete Carroll's like 70, whatever. He's not going to go through a rebuild. And then you read some of the reasons that were kind of getting leaked out as to why Russell was excited about the Bears, and they just didn't make any sense, right? Like, he wanted to play for an offensive-minded coach, and I guess Matt Nagy is that in theory. Like maybe it could be because he calls plays, but unless Russell doesn't watch other football games or highlights, you can't convince me that he didn't know that the Bears were terrible offensively, right? Like and and sputtered. I mean, and we're literally among the bottom teams the last few years, and then. It was leaked out that he wanted to play with an improving, it might, might not be the right phrase, but something along the lines of an improving O-line. 
Okay, so he wanted to leave Seattle because he was tired of getting sacked. But then he wants to go to the Bears, who have had big-time offensive line issues, right? So at least I, I'm not good at math. But if you say good offensive line plus offensive-minded coach, that doesn't equal the Chicago Bears probably ever, right? So it just didn't make sense. So I, I, couldn't, I couldn't get in on it until, right, they came out that the Seahawks might be listening, right? So the Seahawks might be listening and just listen to those four teams, the Bears, the Saints, the Raiders, and, and the uh, Cowboys, right? And then they start getting picked off. The Cowboys signed Dak, right? Uh, the Raiders start giving up O-Lyman, which made no sense. Um, the Saints re-signed Jameis, and so last man standing, it's us. And it kept saying the Bears were going to take a big swing, and they were going to make sure, like, they're going to give the, the, the Seahawks an offer that they just couldn't refuse, right? And so it just came out here today that um, on the Dan Patrick Show, it said that the offer was three first-round picks and two young starters, right? So who haven't been named. So my guess is that, again, like, there's no, I'll never lie and be like, oh, I have insider information. Like, I'm on Twitter like everybody else, right? It sounds really cool if you're like, yeah, sources say, well, if your source is Twitter, you don't have sources. But that's a whole nother conversation. So my guess is basically the Bears said you can have whatever two starters you want. If you want to take a bigger contract like Cleo Mack or Akeem Hicks or whatever, be our guest. It wouldn't make sense if you're trading with us because then you're clearly going through a rebuild. So it's probably more like a Roquan or Jalen Johnson or Darnell Mooney or whoever it might be, right? But either way, it said it wasn't enough. And so, okay, boom, it's over. And, but it's in, until it's not, right? Literally, like an hour later, after Adam Schefter comes on and said he's still not convinced that Russell Wilson doesn't get dealt, right? He said he wants to see the draft come and go before he thinks they, keep, they will keep Wilson. And the fact that he, kept, he put out draft night is interesting to me. Right, so if you look by the rules, it said the the Bears offered three first round picks, and by rule in the NFL, the most you can offer out as far as future first rounders go is three years. So you can offer three first, three seconds. You can literally offer your entire draft for three years, right? Unless you do the draft or you do the trade on draft night, because then it's that draft is that night, so you can trade that pick and then your next three firsts. So. Are, are we sure? I mean, if we offered three and two young guys and they were they were thinking about it, but they said no. Are we sure that it's it's done? I'm not trying to say I'm not trying to get this all going. All I'm saying is if we're going to offer to, to offer three and two first. What if Seattle called us on full on on uh, draft night before we draft our first round pick and says, hey, just give us tonight and the next three. So four first rounders how much is too much to get a proven franchise quarterback? That's what the question is. Four first-rounders for the next four years? You don't have a first-round pick? Think about how much Jay Cutler trade put us back. Think about how much the Khalil Mack trade put us back. Now, you have to get a quarterback. I get it. But that's a lot. How much is too much? So I, I did some digging. Let's look back and see... Who, who's been traded that could could be considered um, a, a franchise quarterback, right? And I'm not talking about like 
unproven young guys like uh, Brett Favre and Steve Young who were drafted like young before they did anything, right? We're not talking about that. I'm talking about guys who were legit NFL starters who had either done something or gotten big contracts or were considered the future, whatever it might be, right? And so if you start with it, in, in my lifetime, I'm not going to go through and try to find somebody in the 70s, right? That's There's no point in modern football, right? So the earliest I can go back is Joe Montana to the Chiefs, right? Montana had the injuries. I think it was back injuries, and Steve Young had taken over in the Niners, and it was clearly his job, right? So Montana asked for a trade. He had, like, a big offer maybe from the Cardinals. I was looking it up earlier, and I don't have it written down. Um, but he chose to go to the Chiefs instead, right? So the Chiefs traded um, a first to the Niners to get Montana in a third, right? Now, Montana was obviously old, right? He was literally on his last legs. Totally different situation, Right. The the even if the young even if the Niners even if Montana wasn't that the Niners still had like had young so they they had motivation to trade because they already had a guy right so that's not that's not the same situation in 2002 um, the Patriots traded Drew Bledsoe to the to the Buffalo Bills right Drew had lost his job to some guy named Tom Brady right um, who ended up taking him to win the Super Bowl that year you know so obviously. <laughs> They made the right choice in choosing Tom Brady over Drew Brees. But so Drew Brees lost his, his job to injury, but he came back that same season and played in the AFC championship game against the Steelers, right? To lead him to the to the Super Bowl. So it's not like Drew was done. Drew was washed up. Drew was a guy, right? Drew put up big numbers. He was one of the those those big armed pocket passes from from the the late nineties, uh, mid to late nineties, who kind of just kept doing their thing, right? Drew Bledsoe got a first back from Buffalo Bills, right? So we're getting closer. It's a, it's a guy who wanted to come out, but again, the Patriots have found their guy, much cheaper guy, right, to do what they wanted to do. So it's not exactly the same scenario as what Russell Wilson is doing, right? So you get through, let's see, up next you got um, the uh, Matt Castle traded to the Patriots, uh, from Patriots to the Chiefs after filling in for uh, Brady in the first season. Not, not close to this level, so we're going to leave that alone. And then we get to my favorite trade. Jay Cutler traded from the Broncos to the Bears for two firsts and a third, right? So now we're getting close, right? He had just he had made the Pro Bowl. Uh, he was considered like one of the next guys up. He was, like I said, young, Pro Bowl, on his way, uh, and disgruntled. So we're in the we're literally talking the same boat, a similar boat as Russell Wilson, like not definitely hasn't performed to what Russell has done, right? But a guy who at the time was considered a franchise quarterback or on his way to one and just want to be traded just because he was disgruntled. They didn't have anybody behind him, nothing. So literally, he was trying to force his way out. And he got two firsts and a third, right? So now we're getting closer to see, you know, what it would cost, right? And if you're listening to this, I, I guarantee you, you remember where you were when the Bears traded for Jay Cutler. I know I do, right? I was working at uh, a cash loan store, uh, which there's plenty of other stories that go into that. But I was at a cash loan store, and the girl I was working with, her dog's name was Lovey. And we were both there working, and it came in that the Bears had traded for Jay Cutler. And it was probably one of the best moments of my life, right? Now, again, I don't care about what happens after. I'm talking about at the time of the trade. So Jay Cutler definitely fits the bill. He was on his way, right? Moving on, you got um, Carson Palmer. Right, traded from the Bengals to the Raiders. He was he was he basically quit on the Bengals. He was tired of the franchise, didn't want to play for him anymore, and actually had sat out for a while before he got traded to the Raiders. Right, um, the Raiders traded 
a first and a second to get Carson Palmer. Again, didn't work out for him very well, and obviously had a, a resurrection in Arizona afterwards. But at the time, he was considered one. Of, he was considered a possible guy, like a, a legit NFL starter who just wanted to be traded, no matter what they had behind him, right? So then you got that. That looks like that's the end of it, right? So you have uh, Montana, who doesn't count. Bledsoe is in a totally different situation. Um, Cutler's probably the most similar, right? A a franchise guy. So I was considered either on their way to be or was a franchise guy um, who just wanted to be out because they were unhappy with the organization, right? Boom. Jay gets traded for two firsts and a second, right? So we're talking about going from two firsts and a second to possibly four firsts for a guy who will be, I think, 33 next year, right? Has taken lots of hits, Um is really complaining about the way that he's, he's been, his body has been treated because of the people around him, right? So there's, again, I'm not asking you what, what, the question is, what would be too much for a clear franchise quarterback? If you have an answer, you're better than me, right? Because if you came to me and said, you, four first for Watson, I'm, I'm, I'm probably, I'm probably going to do it. Four firsts for Wilson. I don't. I. I don't think I can do it, right? Because we're gonna we're gonna struggle next year. Our cap's gonna be in shambles, so we're not gonna be able to put many pieces around him, right? So you're giving up probably pretty good draft picks because you might be in the lower end. Because for all the the talk about Russ being traded, he still had DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, Doug Baldwin. Usually a pretty good defense. He had no running game and no offensive line. I get that. But aside from Allen Robinson, you just take the, the Seattle skill players and they all start for the Bears. Right? Darnell Mooney wouldn't have played for the Seahawks last year. Right? Like, he, he would, we would have never known who he was because if he got drafted by them in the fifth round, he would have been a special teams guy. Right? Find a way for him to get on the field. But they have they had receivers. So again, what is the cost? What is too much for your franchise guy? I don't have an answer. I know I want one, but I don't have an answer. I, but I think for me, for Wilson, I think I think three firsts and two young guys is a hell of a lot, especially when the guys who make the trade probably aren't going to be here next year because our schedule next year is brutal, right? But, okay, so let's say, so obviously that, that didn't happen, right? We didn't make the trade. There's a chance we still could on draft night, but let's say it's, it's, it's highly unlikely to happen, right? So if that's the case, if, if you still have this, right? If, you, if there's still, if you're making those swings, how does plan A go from Russell Wilson, right? We were all in on that. How does, once that fall through, your plan B is Andy Dalton. How, how do you go from plan A, future Hall of Famer, one of the best to do it, to the guy who made a couple mil as the Cowboys backup last year and give him a raise, even though nothing went well last year. Last year, he had filled in for Dak. He had Ezekiel Elliott, C.D. Lamb, and Amari Cooper. Right now, Zeke had his 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 fumble issues. The O line had some injury issues. I get it, right? But clearly, the the offensively, the Cowboys are more talented than the Bears. 
and his numbers were very on par with what the Bears. I don't want to bore you with what the numbers are, but they were very on par with it. So, again, to go from A, Russell Wilson, to B, Andy Dalton, like, there's a lot of in between there that we just skipped. I don't understand it. Now, again, this isn't me saying that I hate Andy Dalton, because that's not true, right? I think he's okay. I think he is what he is, like maybe like a like a, a, a mentor guy, or whatever. But you already have that guy, right? You could have taken chances on a guy like Jameis Winston or a guy like Marietta and hope that they have that that Tannehill reclamation, right? Or you know, they Winston showed promises is one fill in for the Saints. Uh, Marietta showed real real good uh, promise in his game that he filled in on. The, I think it was a Thursday night, right? So they've shown glimpses like, hey, there might be something more here. What about Sam Darnold, right? The Jets are talking about drafting Wilson number two. He's available. Yeah, he struggled. But you know who else struggled under Adam Gase with not very many offensive weapons? Ryan Tannehill. And we would all kill to have Ryan Tannehill right now, right? So, again, there's there's literally no upside to this move, right? None. So, if if there's no upside to this move, that that in my mind means there has to be something else left. Right? Because nobody. I don't care if Ryan Pace listens to this podcast, calls me on my cell phone, lets me record it, lets me play it for you on my podcast, telling me that Andy Dalton was the plan all along. Nobody will convince me that that's what the plan was. So if it's not one of those trade guys, and it clearly wasn't a free agent signing, that means it has to be the draft, right? So it sounds like... in. Barring a draft day move of four first for Russell Wilson, right? And I need to stop saying that because people might hear this like, oh, it might happen. Like there's um, almost no chance it happens. But barring that, it's clear that's going to be a rookie quarterback, right? So let's talk about that that whole thing, right? Trading it for in the draft and all this other stuff, right? So first, you know, let's go through who the, the, the consensus top five quarterbacks are, right? I'm not saying everybody... C- all agrees, but if you go through all of the mocks and all of the analysts and all that stuff, it's pretty clear that they have five quarterbacks considered like first-round guys. You have Trevor Lawrence, who's going to go number one. Then you have the next four, Zach Wilson, uh, Justin Fields, Trey Lance, and uh, Mac Jones from Alabama, right? So they all have their issues. They all have good and bad about them, right? I don't want to go into a whole deep dive on that because I could spend an hour talking about the quarterback stuff, but it's it's – pretty clear that those are like the five guys right so there's five guys but there's a lot of teams looking for a quarterback right so if you look at it and obviously um jacksonville's going one right so if you look at the guys who are definitely gonna draft a quarterback it's jacksonville uh carolina and denver right but obviously barring a trade so like carolina keeps saying that they want deshaun watson but it, let's say that doesn't happen. So barring a trade, you have um, Jacksonville, Carolina, and Denver, right? I guess Denver still has Drew Locke, but it's very it's been clear so far that he's not the guy. So we'll say those three teams are, are yes, um, or you can say Jacksonville and Carolina are Denver and the Jets are likely to, right? All rumors are that the Jets are going to take Wilson at number two. Um, so that's four teams in the top nine who are, let's say, likely to draft a quarterback, right? Well, remember, there's only there's five guys, so there's four teams right now who are likely to draft a quarterback, and then so if you look at the teams that are um, either going to draft a guy or in front of the Bears at twenty, who might draft a guy or trade up to draft a guy, there's plenty, right? So you have Atlanta, 
right? Atlanta just restructured Matt Ryan's deal, but that was more about cap space um, than it was about proving their commitment to him, right? So they could be looking at somebody at four. The Giants at 11, Daniel Jones. They have clearly are unsure on what they got with him. Uh, he has shown spurts here and there, but who, what's to, what's to uh, stop them from, from trading up to get a guy or even drafting a guy at 11? New England at 15. They spent a lot of money on weapons, and Cam Newton's on a one-year, I, I mean, prove-it deal, I guess. So I'm not really sure what they got going on. Washington football team at 19. Um... They signed, like I said, they got Heineke to a deal, but I, it's a, like a two-year cheap deal, so who knows. Um, Minnesota is, is interesting. They have Cousins, um, but they're still kind of in a, in a win-now spot with the offense, with the way they spent their money. But I don't if they have a guy that they like, I could see them maybe pulling the trigger, right? Um, San Francisco with Garoppolo. Uh, they clearly want to find somebody else, right? They still want to find an upgrade, but their offensive defense really put them like still in win-now mode for sure, right? So I'm not really sure um, what they would do, but I, I would call it unlikely, right? So for sure, you have eight teams before the Bears who at the very minimum a possibility to draft a quarterback. You have Jacksonville, you have the Jets, you have Atlanta, you have Carolina, Denver, the New York Giants, New England, and the Washington football team. So including us, that's nine teams who might take a quarterback round one. And four of them are already in the top 11. So, absolute worst-case scenario, we probably need to get into the top 10 to get one of these guys, right? And now, again, this is considered a strong quarterback draft, right? So, if you look at it, I'm going to talk about the trade-ups here in a little bit and all this other stuff. But So, last year, you had the first six picks. You had Burrow, Tua, Burrow uh, Joe Burrow, Tua Tunga-Vailola, and um, Justin Herbert went top six, right? Justin Love... Uh, Jordan Love went 26 to the Packers, but that wasn't the first-round guy. He was kind of more of like a surprise. 2019, it was Murray Jones and um, Kyler Murray, uh, Daniel Jones, and Dwayne Haskins' first 15. Um, and this group is rated higher than all those guys besides Murray, right? So, again, you've seen those quarterbacks come off pretty early, all of them earlier than, than the Bears are picking at 20. In 2018, it was Mayfield, Darnold, Allen, and Rosen, all in the top 10, right? Lamar Jackson went 32. So... If you look at it, and then the other thing is, is if you look at it, the trend as far as trading up to get guys, it's interesting to see what that what that's been, right? So if you look at it, talking about the people who who are trading up to get quarterbacks, is it worth it? Does it work out, right? What are what what's the 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 breakdown as far as like the the success rates, right? So if you look at this, this going this goes back to. We'll even look at the the 2017 um, draft where the Bears draft, traded up to get Mitch Trubisky, the Chiefs traded up to get Deshaun or Patrick Mahomes, and then the Houston Texans traded up to get Deshaun Watson. Right? Chiefs and Texans both traded first round picks this year and the next, or that year and the next, to move up to the to 10 and 12 to get their guys. Right? And so that's success. But if you look at the history of the guys who have been drafted, who have been traded up to be drafted, it's not that impressive. It's really not. It's gotten better in recent years, but I'm going to read you this list, and you tell me if this is really exciting you, trading up to get one of these guys. So we'll start with, uh, let's go in the 2010s, right? So unfortunately, we got to start with Tim Tebow, and I'm going to leave that alone because they traded down and they traded back up to get him. So we're going to leave that alone. I don't even want to care about that one, right? So in 2011, the Jags trade up to get Blaine Gabbert. 
terrible trade, um, even though he beat the Bears when he was with the Niners. And I was at that game. It was one of Robbie Gold's missed kicks uh, before he got released uh, game. And I, I'm depressed now thinking about it. So we're going to move on. But either way, obviously not a good trade. 2012, the Redskins trade a lot to move up to, for Robert Griffin III, right? Rookie year, game busters. He was awesome. Downhill from then, obviously a lot due to injuries, uh, some off-the-field stuff behind the scenes uh, with his team. You know, he kind of had some, some rubs people the wrong way. Not exactly the guy that you uh, would be excited to to trade up to get and then have his career, career work out that way. 2014, the Browns trade up for Johnny Manziel. I remember coming out with putting up the, uh, the money signs. Enough said. Um, 2014, the Vikings trade back into the first round to get Teddy Bridgewater um, at 32. Uh, they actually traded down first and then traded back up to get him. Uh, had had a block career. Uh, awesome. Bouncing back from all the injuries. But, again, not the type of guy you're excited for. 2016, Rams trade up for Jared Goff. No thanks. 2016, Eagles trade up for Carson Wentz. No thanks. I mean, again, now, his some of it had to do do with injury, right? And obviously they talked about trading for him. Um, the Bears did in the offseason. Obviously didn't work out that way. Um, but, again, those are two guys who got some big holes and definitely did not live up to it. Uh, that same year, the Broncos traded up for Paxton Lynch, which every time I see that, it still stuns me more and more and more. Like, that, I don't – I'll never understand that when it was so weird at the time. And I – I'm not even sure where he is. He's, is he in the league somewhere? I think he was somebody's backup for a while. Um, and then obviously you have 2017. You have the the Bears moving up for Mitch. One spot. Not going to talk about that anymore. Chiefs move up from 27 to 10. They traded two first rounders um, and a third to get the number 10 pick to draft Mahomes. And then Texans traded two first rounders uh, to move up to get Deshaun Watson at 12, right? So now, again, in recent years, you look at Mahomes and, and Watson, that's good. Uh, in 2018, they traded people traded up for Darnold, Allen, Rosen, and Lamar Jackson, right? They were all moved back up to get those guys. Uh, Josh Allen, home run. Even though, like again, he had his ups and downs, but he was great last year. Lamar Jackson has won an MVP, um, and he is definitely a, a considered a franchise guy. So again, it's gotten better as of late, but a lot of those guys, there's some some big money moved, big draft capital moved to get guys who it didn't it didn't work out. So it makes you wonder. You look at somebody like uh, Patrick Mahomes; he went to a great situation. You look at Lamar Jackson; he went to a great situation. So some of these guys who are, are being traded for, uh, traded up for, or falling into the right spot, it's almost like, surprise, you know, the rest of the team matters. So you want to do these cool things, you want to make the big splash, but again, if you don't have the people around him, it doesn't matter, which goes back to the idea of what the Bears are trying to do. So our roster is very flawed, especially offensively. And so if we do draft, trade up to draft from these quarterbacks, no matter who it is, Does anybody feel confident that, one, we have enough around them, to, around them to succeed, two, that Matt Nagy will put them in a position to succeed, and that, three, that those guys are still going to be here after this year, so all of that development is going towards the same system and not complete overhaul to where this kid has to come in and learn another new system with, another, with a new coach um, and still with a very flawed, very cap-strapped uh, roster. How does that excite anybody? So again, there I don't think that there is 
a right answer, right, this offseason. But if you look at it, not only do you have that, so the idea of trading up for those quarterbacks is obviously going to cost a lot. But So look at Ryan Pace's history of trading up to draft. He's, draft, he's traded up to draft six players. Leonard Floyd no longer with us. Nick Kwiatkowski no longer with us. Both good players in my opinion, right? But they didn't do what they were doing now here. Um, Kwiatkowski actually got a big race to go to Oakland. Should have kept him over Trevathan, but whole other conversation. Mitch is not here anymore. Anthony Miller's on the trade block. The two that are still here, Eddie Jackson and David Montgomery, are, I think, very good players. Eddie Jackson was a, a, a fantastic safety, took a step back last year, but we would all agree that he's probably one of the, the better guys at, at his position. David Montgomery took a step forward last year, but again, the two that he hit on are two of the most easily replaced positions, right? Especially running back, for sure, and then safety, right? So... They're, those aren't like game-changing franchise guys, right? You, those aren't ones who you like. Hey, this is who I build my offense around. This is who I build, or this is who I build my franchise around. I know with this guy here, I can put pieces around him, and we will win. That's not those two aren't that position, right? Safety and running back aren't those positions, right? So, again, my biggest issue with all this is the, the lack of a plan, and a lot of that has to do with the lack of stability for Pace and Nagy. Brian Pace has to win or he's going to lose his job. So he doesn't. He can give the future. If he trades four first-round picks, do you think he cares unless it keeps him here? He'll figure it all out down the road. Do you want somebody making decisions for your team who doesn't care about the future? I don't. You need to have a sustainable plan, and we don't have that right now. We got to get to the point where there's a clear plan, a clear type of team that we're being built, that, that is being built, that we will continue to make moves that will, that will further that plan, and we don't have it. We have an, a finesse, a, a finesse type offensive coach with a roster loader with very little speed, uh, very little agility, and with quarterbacks who can't complete the deep ball right now, right? So then you give him Andy Dalton to fix that. Okay, cool, right? right? That, that makes sense. So, again, the lack of a plan has been my biggest issue with this entire thing. I don't hate Andy Dalton. I think he's a good dude. I actually love the story of him uh, keeping the Ravens out of the playoffs, getting the Bills into the playoffs, and them all, the Bills fans, all don Bills Mafia, all donating to his charity because he won that last game, right? I, that's an awesome story. It ain't going to help us win games in 2021. You know what? You know what the you know what Andy Dalton? What you know what the biggest thing Andy Dalton did for the Chicago Bears was? It ensured, it ensured that Allen Robinson ain't signing that damn franchise tag, and he shouldn't. Right? Why would you? Why would you sign? Like unless the Bears completely overpaid, there's no reason to keep him. So this this is where the idea of the plan. The idea of the lack of a plan hurts me so much because, to me, the plan going forward is clear. Look, even if we got Russell Wilson, I think this year is going to be a struggle. We have the third hardest schedule, right? You know, yes, we'll get James Daniels back from injury. We'll get Eddie Eddie Goldman back from uh, the COVID issues, right? But I, that's not enough to make a big difference. But that's not going to help us beat the Packers. So, to me, it's clear that you are on pace for a rebuild. 
Start it now. You could have gotten something big for Allen Robinson. But now, I mean, the only receivers who, who have signed so far is like Nelson Aguilar and uh, John Brown, like the, the lower guys. Kenny Galladay hasn't signed yet, right? There's there's guys out here, the big the big money guys haven't signed yet. So you're not getting a first for Allen Robinson. Maybe a second. I take it right now, right? We need something. He should go. Khalil, I mean, Khalil should, I mean, uh, Akeem Hicks, restructure, we need, or, uh, gotta go. All that stuff. The, 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 the path forward is clear. Whether we want to or not. Well, look, it's either going to be a slow rebuild because we're trying to fight it, or we can just blow it up. And I'm all for blowing it up. Because I don't know any other options. We have enough money on the wrong side of the ball and the wrong positions with Robert Quinn, uh, Akeem Hicks, Khalil Mack, um, guys who, who, like, whether it's health-related, like Akeem and Robert being un- not being healthy all year, uh, Khalil can only do so much. Everything's designed to get the ball out so fast, and the secondary is good enough to take advantage of that. It's, it's just it's a poorly built roster. Andy Dalton ain't to blame for all that. So we can, we can when you guys boo him when he shows up to throw out the first pitch at Wrigley Field, remember, he didn't build this roster. You wouldn't take $10 million to go and be a quarterback? Hell yeah, you would. This ain't about Andy Dalton. It's about getting our hopes up because we thought we had something in place that really was a long shot in the long run. That's on us. That's what we do as Bears fans. Right? I always say the barely sane part of the barely sane podcast is, is the most accurate like this we we drive ourselves insane so i still don't think we're done i still think it's a draft a, a, a kid in the draft um i think it's going to be expensive right because this is a quarterback rich draft and a quarterback needy uh nfl right now so it's going to be expensive it'll be definitely two first for sure um hopefully not too much more but i could live with that if if, if that gives you a guy so um I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. I'm frustrated. I'm disappointed. I don't know why this is this is the route that we choose to go. But it is what it is, right? So I try to think logically as much as I can. Um, and again, all, all signs to me point to the rebuild, right? And that stinks because if that's the case, you have Nagy and Pace... Uh, setting that back, maybe by mortgaging the future to move up to get a guy that the next regime might not want. And can you imagine if we trade up? So say we trade two first, this and next year. We trade 20 this year and then next year's first. We move up and get, let's say, anybody besides Trevor Lawrence, any of the first three or of of the other four, uh, Justin Fields, uh, Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, or Mac Jones, any of those guys. And we struggle because, hey, we have O-line issues that we can't afford to fill. We have receiver issues that we can't afford to fill. We have a, a, a head coach as our offensive coordinator who refuses to adjust uh, to his team's skill. Could you imagine trading that first-round pick next year and then ending up with a top-five pick that's not ours anymore? Ooh, I might change the name of this podcast, something that involves some curse words, because that's, that's, how I, that's what I feel like would happen. Look at our schedule. It's a nightmare. We're not going to win a whole lot of games next year. No matter who's the quarterback. 
Now, again, in August, I'll, I'll have talked myself into the playoffs, but that's a whole different conversation. That's, that's me with my, with my issues, right? Just be, I, I know it's stupid, right? But it's, it's who I am. So, again, the writing's on the wall. It's going to be a long few years as a Bears fan. So, hopefully we, we, we make a trade on draft day, and it's really exciting because, honestly, it might be the most excitement we have for a few years. I'd rather just have a really painful 2021. I mean, because this last, this last year with all the COVID stuff has sucked anyway. So, let's just have a little bit more suck. The Bears suck for a year, and everybody gets, gets fired. We rebuild, do all that other stuff. I don't know what the answer is otherwise. So, let's... Uh, Let's hope that that's what we do. Um, either way, I know I'll be along for the ride because, you know, it's the Bears. It's what we do. So let's wrap it up. I will, I'll uh, keep an eye out. If there's any big news, I'll start another pod. But I plan on doing one uh, draft week, probably like a draft preview, and then one after the draft recapping it and seeing what we got going on. So um, that's it. If if you disagree, man, I don't mind. I don't mind it. Uh, message me. Let me know what you got going on. I didn't try to be too critical. I kind of wanted to be more of like factual, right? This is what it was. This is who was available. That type of thing. Again, the overall point is you can't get who wasn't available, right? The Seahawks didn't want to trade them. You can't. You can offer whatever you want. If they don't want to trade, they don't want to trade them, right? So we got to do the best with what we can. It'll be interesting to see what we do going forward. And I'm hoping that. Um, there's still some tricks of his up Ryan Pace's sleeve, but hopefully they're not too expensive because I don't think he's going to be here very long. All right? Appreciate you guys tuning in, checking us out. I will uh, hopefully talk to you soon, hopefully with some big news on draft day. Try and stay sane out there. I know the I know they're making it hard, but uh, I mean hell, we're Bears fans. We should be used to it. Stay safe out there. See you in a while.